Hi, this is the Seattle Mama Doc Podcast, and I'm Dr. Wendy Sue Swanson. We all work so hard to perfect how we pull off parenthood, and often we may not feel good enough. I'm here to help you face these challenges head on. Today, I'm reviewing new data and 10 specific tips on ways to reduce the likelihood of SIDS and suffocation risk in babies. Okay, so here's why I'm doing this now. About 3,500 babies in the United States die every year, either from a diagnosis of sleep-related infant death, that includes sudden infant death syndrome, but also sudden unexpected death. And that can mean things like being entrapped um, or suffocated. That means a baby that gets stuck between a mattress and a wall, a baby that gets suffocated in a sling, a baby that gets suffocated um, in a sleep environment because of soft bedding or another person or animal. And so the Academy of Pediatrics has re-reviewed all of the data um, on how do we prevent these deaths from happening and how do we learn more and more about making sure parents know how to do that and pediatricians can kind of comply with those guidelines and give good advice. So first and foremost, there is updates to the data really particularly around where and how you sleep with your baby. And that's because we know typically, of course, sudden infant death syndrome happens during sleep. And if you zoom out, first and foremost, we can't prevent all sudden infant death syndrome. So this podcast is really about reducing risks. There are going, we're not going to unfortunately go from 3,500 babies annually to zero. And that's not because of a parent's bad decision making. It's because at times babies will pass away with for unexplained reasons. And that's where the research looking at the brainstem, looking at the middle ear and inner ear, looking at different um, thermoregulation and different um, ways that babies breathe even will help over time determine why is it that babies pass away. There are what are called intrinsic factors, things that are just higher risk. So babies who are born prematurely, babies who are born to moms who use drug, alcohol, or tobacco, babies that are boys, unfortunately, are more likely to pass away from sudden infant death syndrome, and babies born in families who have a history of sudden infant death. Those are all babies who are at increased risk. Then there are what are called extrinsic factors. Those are things about the environment where a baby is being raised that can that can increase risk. So we know if baby is being raised in a family with smokers, um, and mom in particular is a smoker, that's an increased risk. We know babies that are um, in sleep environments with soft bedding, that's at risk. We know babies put down to sleep on their tummies, that's an increased risk. So those are what are called the external or extrinsic factors that we can really work on. So these guidelines are just mainly about those. Really, what can you do as a parent raising newborn babies to feel good and confident? So I'm just going to buzz through the 10 tips, share this with anyone you know who's got a newborn around or expectant parents, these are, again, we're not going to reduce or strike out SIDS entirely. We're not going to prevent SIDS, but we are going to reduce the likelihood that babies will pass away unexplained or unexpectedly and with a diagnosis of SIDS if we can follow these guidelines. First and foremost, and I think one of the biggest, is room sharing without bed sharing. That means using the data that's been published in the last five to 10 years, the Academy of Pediatrics has come forward saying, okay, we know babies are less likely to die when they sleep in the same room as their parents, but not in the same bed space. So that means keeping a co-sleeper or bassinet next to the bed and or having a crib in parents' room. The recommendations are that this can reduce SIDS risk by 
50%. Some theories are about just the ambient noise that's going on, that um, the motions that are happening in the room, the noise that parents even make when they sleep, and that being in that same pattern or hearing and responding to your infant in different ways reduces the likelihood. So as best you can, when you come home from the hospital with your newborn baby, have a setup where baby's in the same room as you. And if you can keep them there until age 12 months, that's the ideal. Number two, this is the bedding that your babies sleep with. You want to put your babies on their back in a bare, basic, and boring crib. That means only a single tight-fitting sheet over a firm mattress, no pillows, no extra loose blankets, no bumpers of any kind. The slots on cribs have been redesigned and and. And the rules from the CPSC, the Consumer Product Safety Commission, have changed. The slots are closer together so your kids aren't going to get their arms stuck between them. They're not going to wiggle out and cause harm. So you don't need a bumper anymore. And although they look so quintessential baby, they're dangerous. Just recently in this past week of when I'm recording this, unfortunately, the CPSC is not banning the producing and selling of crib bumpers at this point. But we know they're not safe and increase the likelihood of a SIDS death. Don't use them. So baby on their back, when they go to sleep, you don't need to police them through the night. So if your baby gets to two, three, four months of age and learns how to turn over in their tummy, that's okay. But that's because you're keeping a safe sleep environment. For mattress, no pillows, blankets, stuffed animals, and ideally even not using a swaddle at a later age, which I'll go over in other tips. Um, But at this point, you put your babies on their back in that bare, basic, boring crib environment. We know through the years too, that has helped predominantly and really in a a majority way decrease the likelihood or the risks associated with sudden infant death. Recommendation number three is breastfeeding as a choice over formula feeding. There have been lots of research shown that that does reduce the risk of SIDS and increasing protection. Nobody knows exactly why. It probably has to do both with the immune protection that comes from breastfeeding and the breastfeeding actually activities, but it's mainly about the breast milk, not about the act of breastfeeding. A questioner on my Facebook and blog asked about that, and as I understand the data and we reviewed it, it's really about just the actual nutrition that you're giving. So a reminder, though, and the Academy is very strong about this, we know some of the most dangerous environments for newborn babies and infants is sleeping at nighttime in a chair or a nursing chair or with pillows with mom who falls asleep or dad who falls asleep while feeding. So strong recommendation and new in the policy at this point is to feed your baby overnight and then put them after they're done sleeping back into their separate sleep environment. That means really working at not feeding your babies in a nursing chair if you know you're going to fall asleep. You don't want to fall asleep in a chair with your baby after feeding. So if you think you're at risk for falling asleep, and it's normal for parents who are feeding babies in the middle of the night to fall asleep, feed them in your bed without any pillows or blankets in your own bed. And if you fall asleep, that's a safer place to fall asleep than to fall asleep in a nursing chair. Next, number four, you want to avoid, and this is a no-brainer, but you want to avoid exposure to cigarettes, alcohol, and drugs as best you can. And there are a couple reasons for that. We don't know exactly why, but we know that smoking during pregnancy increases the rate of prematurity, which is also a risk for SIDS, but also increases SIDS, you know, of its own factor. But we also know babies exposed to chemicals, including cigarette smoke, in 
mom, but also in other household members, increases risk. We also know people who use drug and alcohol fall asleep differently. So you're more likely to fall asleep in a nursing chair if you've had alcohol or use medicines or use drugs that make you more sleepy. So it's recommended that you don't want your baby to have any exposure, both through breast milk with these chemicals, but also to adults who are caring for babies and sleeping around babies who have had, you know, medicines that make them sleepy, alcohol or drug use, and absolutely no co-sleeping in that environment because that increases the risk of you not alerting if you lean, you know, roll over or could even suffocate your baby. Number five, and this is a big one, and there's more data in the last five years in this update to support this. This is a recommendation on using pacifiers. The recommendation, and again, this is not entirely understood why. It probably changes the way a baby falls asleep and changes the way they stay asleep. But the recommendation is to offer a pacifier at nap time and always at bedtime. This is the same thing, too, though. You don't have to police it. That means you don't need to wake up all night long and get that pacifier back in your baby's mouth. But the recommendation is strong that using a pacifier, a single-piece pacifier, at the time of sleep for nap time and putting your baby to bed will decrease the likelihood for bre- for um, SIDS. And, you know, there is some concern about using a pacifier really early in a newborn's life if it interfering with breastfeeding. So the recommendations point out – This does not have to happen in the first week of life. So get your baby established in breastfeeding after 10 to 14 days. Once your baby's really feeding and nursing and it's going well, then start to introduce the pacifier at that time. Number six, no monitors have ever been proven to prevent sudden infant death syndrome. They're not proven to reduce the likelihood either. So there are all sorts of things on the market, including a really high-tech, ridiculously expensive crib that's just come out that's supposed to awaken you and shush the baby and robo-baby your baby all night long. No data that these monitors do any good preventing a child from passing away. What we do know is they cause a lot of awakenings and a lot of beeps and alarms for parents that may cause them to go and rush to their baby more often, but it has never been found to decrease the likelihood of a sudden infant death or a sudden unexplained death. So use your monitors if you love them to listen to your baby and observe your baby and give you peace of mind, but they should be giving you peace of mind just to be a connection to your baby like a telephone more than thinking about it as being a safety check. Number seven, vaccinated on time. Now, this is a really simple part of the statement, and I say simple because it's very tight and shortly written in the policy. It's like three or four sentences long. Ultimately, it's this. There's never been an association between vaccination and sudden infant death syndrome. It has also been found in research in the last few years that up-to-date vaccinated babies are less likely to die from SIDS. That means there is no reason to delay vaccines as vaccines have been found to be protective against sudden infant death not actually the opposite. Number eight, don't crank the heat. So ultimately, we know that we think some of the reasons that some babies pass away from sudden infant death syndrome may be because of overheating or temperature dysregulation in a baby. So you do, you know, like during the daytime when you're home with your baby, like it always seems nice to have a really warm house, but at night, turn the thermostat down. There's no particular temperature recommendation in the guidelines, but I usually say to parents like 65 degrees when you sleep is pretty normal for a house thermostat. That's fine when you've got a baby. Um, the The past policy statement also talked about fans. This policy steps away from that. You don't need a fan in the baby's room and there's no documentation at this point that that's really going to reduce the likelihood of SIDS. But just know that you don't want to overbundle a baby in lots and lots of blankets and you don't want to crank up the heat. That probably increases the risk, doesn't decrease. So keep the temperature low at night. 
Number nine, tummy time during the day. So we don't want tummy time at night. You want to put your baby on their back to sleep, but during the daytime to help facilitate development and their head strength and their rolling over time and also avoid them from getting flat heads on the back, which babies can get from always sleeping on their backs. We want you to have tummy time during the day. And lastly, number 10, to help reduce the likelihood of sudden infant death syndrome, swaddling is okay in early infancy, and some babies love it. So you can either use a sleep sack, which is a really great way to keep your baby cozy at night, not overheated, and not have any loose bedding in that bare crib when you put them on their back, or you can use a swaddle. It's okay early in infancy. You always want to put your baby on their back. Safe, or excuse me, side sleeping is not safe. So you don't ever want to put your baby in a swaddle and then put them on their side because they could roll over and suffocate basically on their face. But you can put them on their back and swaddle. But as soon as your baby starts to show signs of rolling over and that capacity, you want to get them out of that swaddle. The last thing you want to do is have them fighting in a swaddle and get themselves turned over and not be able to control their airway that way. So swaddling okay early in infancy. Once three to four months comes along, get out of that swaddle and make sure you continue to put your baby on their back. But again, if they roll themselves over, if they're outside of a swaddle and a sleep sack, it's okay for them at nighttime and you don't have to police that and re-correct them. These are the 10 guidelines. I love a couple of the quotes from the policy. One is, if you're feeding your baby and think that there's even the slightest possibility that you may fall asleep, feed your baby in your own bed rather than on a sofa or in one of those nursing chairs. You can reduce the risks and the numbers of sudden infant death syndrome in your baby by following these guidelines. Bare basic boring crib, baby on your back, keep that baby in your bed, bedroom until 6 to 12 months, ideally 12 months, but not in your bed. And at nighttime overnight feeds, if you really think you're going to fall asleep, feed them in your own bed without loose blankets around, not on the sofa or in that um, nursing chair. Whew. Share this as you can. Um, follow these guidelines as best you can and reduce these risks because the reality is parenting is a high stakes job. But the good news is you've got this. Thanks for listening. The Seattle Mama Doc Podcast episodes air every single week. I'm always interested in hearing what you have to say, what was helpful, and what you want to learn more about. Reach out to me on Twitter at Seattle Mama Doc, on my Facebook, Seattle Mama Doc, or at SeattleMamaDoc.com. Tell me what you want to learn. Tell me if you want to join me and point me to experts you'd love to learn more from.